Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. after another unexpected but necessary hiatus so thank you for sticking with us (laughs) just on the hiatus I feel like like, it's like stop talking about how we're on a hiatus because like everyone knows it now or just like what we always talk about is like make sure we're adjusting expectations yeah this is a monthly podcast yeah yeah (laughs) every once in a while there'll be a bonus bi-weekly episode yeah it's summertime leave us alone yeah, I mean, well, I was just talking to a friend about how all of our podcasts are currently on hiatus and we're like, fuck, I have nothing to listen to. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Sorry to be part of that. Yeah, being big, big buzz kills over here. Just, I was going to say just YOLOing, but we're not. We both have like a lot of shit going on. Yeah. So less about the fun, if that helps. We're not having fun. <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> I've been having fun. I mean, yes. work and play. Yeah. Nicholas <laughs> just on that school grind. Yeah, I'm just learning so much stuff. Yeah. I'm I forgot learning. to plug my microphone in or I wasn't talking into it. So hopefully oh. people could hear that. Well, why don't you do that? Okay. We're here. We here. Um, okay. Well, today we're going to cover different metrics and measures of progress that we use with our clients. And I realize that at face value, that doesn't sound that exciting, but I think it's worth discussing like why, when, and where we would use different metrics or like emphasize different things. Um, Because I think a lot of times we see clients coming in and having different expectations, but what they're going to have to pay attention to. And sometimes it's like not what they think, or we have to have conversations about why tracking progress might be more challenging if they're not looking at certain things, you know. Um, So really dig into kind of like the rationale for different metrics. And if you are, you know, working with a coach, definitely something to pay attention to. But if you are kind of going about like coaching yourself, being your own coach, this could be helpful Mm -hmm. um, to just start to pay attention to a few more metrics or maybe give more or less weight to different areas, um, depending on your goal, what you're trying to focus on, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Super fun. So we're going to start out just kind of talking about what factors we're going to consider when deciding which metrics to track or focus on with clients. And then we'll go Mm -hmm. into the different metrics, kind of give some ideas for how to pay attention to them and why and when it might be important to do so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what are we considering when we're deciding on this shit? Yeah. So I think for us as coaches, first and foremost, we're looking at the goal. Um, That is going to be a big determinant to kind of like highlight where we're going to be focusing, what's going to matter more, 
what maybe is like a bonus, what matters maybe not at all. Um, So like we've talked about in previous podcasts, from our lens on the like the nutrition side, we generally clump goals into three different categories. Um, Performance, things around like building strength, putting on muscle, speed, endurance, building skills, whatever, um, that's going to help you with your sport or modality. Um, So that's kind of one area. Another one would be like health, wellness, longevity, which could be anything from like increasing your energy to building a better relationship with food to creating healthier habits that will you'll be able to sustain long term. Um, And then the third category is generally like aesthetics, but usually breaks down into either body composition or recomposition or weight loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're looking at, okay, which of those three areas is the client falling into, which then allows us to break down what's important. Um, And just a quick example, we'll get into this more, but if someone's in a health or a performance phase, we may choose not to even look at body composition at all. So we may ignore those metrics because that's not really correlated to the outcome goal um, and focus on some of the other ones that we're going to talk about. Whereas if we're in a fat loss phase, we obviously are looking at those metrics as one of the measures of progress there. Mm -hmm. And I think like, again, in that previous podcast where we broke down the three goals, there are going to be overlapping things that are, we're we're paying attention to regardless of the Mm -hmm. goal. Um, But there will be individual differences or placing higher like priority on certain things. So keep that in mind. Um, But from the goal, then we're kind of looking at like, where is the client or where are you as a human being in terms of like your lifestyle? your values, but also your capacity at the current moment. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be considering, you know, what are, what is stress like? What is your capacity for pursuing the goal that you are hoping to pursue? What is your capacity for even paying attention to like how, how much capacity do we have to pay attention to these metrics? And do we need to focus on fewer and kind of prioritize, like Nicholas said, or do we have the capacity to be tracking and building that awareness around a lot of different metrics? Um, Mm -hmm. All of those things are going to kind of come into play. We're also going to be considering like the current health status of the client. Um, And so, you know, if there's any um, digestive issues or hormonal issues going on, that's going to direct focus in a certain direction. If um, mental health is a struggle or, you know, we have a history of eating disorders or something like that, that will direct focus away from some things probably and towards Mm -hmm, others. mm -hmm. Um, so we're looking at the client's current health status and also health history. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, the last point, um, there might be other things that we're not thinking about, but I think these are like the main four. Um, but the last point is like where the client is at in their coaching journey and within that, like, what is their level of self-awareness in terms of the nutrition, fitness, body awareness, health, um, how do they know themselves, um, and how like in tune they are with these pieces, um, for someone who's like never really paid attention to nutrition. If we're asking them to all of a sudden be tracking like 20 different things that might be too much at the beginning, Um, so we're kind of assessing that. Um, so it's like a little bit of skill level, a little bit of, you know, self-awareness, a little bit of experience Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. 
So we're going to look at a combo of all four of those things when deciding which of the following factors to put value into and pay most attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, But from there, um, like we've talked about, again, we have an entire podcast on this, but for, I would say every client, we are always looking at what we're calling the shreds. So that's a nice little acronym for stress, hunger, recovery, energy, digestion, and sleep. Um, Because those are going to be, what is that, five, six components that are really important for all three of those goals, regardless if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to, you know, PR or like perform well at a CrossFit competition or just like keep up with your kids and like live a healthy life. All of those things are going to be really important to look at. Yeah. So if we break those down really quick and we did a full episode on shreds and biofeedback, so you can reference that episode. Uh, Season one, I think it was a while ago. I'll I'll reference it in the, in the show notes, if I remember. Okay. Um, But yeah, it's called biofeedback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something about biofeedback. Um, But just breaking down a couple of these. So stress and sleep, I think are two ones that we really, really focus on again for all types of goals, because they have such a overlapping effect on our health, on our body's functioning, on our uh, mental capacity. Um, And so when we're looking at stress, we want to be looking at how many stressors do we have in our life? What is our stress load? Um, Are we able to delegate or get rid of some of those? And are we making time for things that energize us and de-stress? And also, how is our stress management? Mm -hmm. Those are kind of things that we're talking with our clients about on a week-to-week basis. And we're also having them track their stress levels. We use a scale of one to five. Um, So how stressed are you on a scale from one to five? Um, and then we can know, you know, if stress is higher for multiple weeks, depending on their goal, we may need to make an adjustment, right? So high stress in a fat loss phase, probably not super conducive to fat loss, um, maybe playing into our ability to maintain a calorie deficit, to adhere to our macros, just because our capacity is limited, um, high stress in a health phase might tell us that we want to focus on that as like our week to week focuses instead of maybe more specific nutritional things. Um, there's so many things inside of that. Mm -hmm. And for these, I mean, for many of the metrics, but these biofeedback pieces, especially it's a lot easier to kind of understand what's happening at like a system level by tracking these things and being able to learn how like the trends or correlations for you tend to pop up. Mm -hmm. So with like only a week of data for a client, we're not going to be able to say like, Hey, it's pretty clear that when stress increases, hunger increases until we've got like a few weeks or even months of data around that. Um, But the reason we like to kind of talk about these things in check-ins is to really like reiterate how closely tied these pieces of our lives are to again, generate a higher self-awareness so that, you know, later down the road, we have the skills to recognize like, fuck, my digestion has been off for days. I I have no idea what's happening versus my digestion has been off for days. I know where to look. I know where to like start investigating to fix that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like like our little, I I would say that's like the (laughs) ultimate goal with most of these, right. It's being able to draw those comparisons and draw those, um, correlations, 
so that ultimately we have the tools to navigate the shit when it's coming up. Mm. And um, it's not going to be like always cut and dry, yeah. like sleepless energy low but oftentimes like these are again like complex systems um but having this kind of like awareness and having these as metrics that we're keeping pretty consistent tabs on does help us with like the troubleshooting um kind of process mm-hmm. yeah okay do we want to talk any more about shreds or should we move on to these next ones i think let's move on because we do a pretty deep dive in that other podcast okay okay so beyond that, um, if we are working with a client, something else where, should we just go in order here or do you want yeah. to pr- prioritize them? Okay. Oh. So pictures, this one you've heard us talk a lot about because we don't tend to share these like big air quotes here before and after, or like, you know, transformation pictures. Um, but they are something we use with, I don't know about you, but I think I use them with hundred percent of my clients right now. Um, so we're taking weekly pictures, like a front, a side and a back picture, um, to look at things like muscle mass, to look at things like bloating, to see like a change in shape if we're doing, um, body recomposition, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say this is like a pretty helpful metric because well, on a weekly basis, we're probably not seeing massive changes unless like, um, I've got a few clients where week before their period, it's like very obvious in photos that like there's some water retention happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're good to bring up when clients are maybe like a few months into say a weight loss phase and they're feeling frustrated with the, in their mind, lack of progress, bringing up the picture from the beginning of the cut to where they are now can be super helpful to give them a visual and reinforce like yeah, on a day-to-day basis, it's hard to see those changes in our body. But when we can have like that visual evidence in front of us, it's like, oh, okay, shit, like things have happened. Changes have been made. Um, So that can be really helpful, especially for people who are like visual. Mm -hmm. And also too, we can often see huge changes in pictures without a correlating huge change on the scale. Mm -hmm. So that's where it kind of provides another metric to assess progress in a fat loss phase. But I also think these can be super helpful if we're in maintenance, because I think a lot Mm -hmm. of times we have this fear in our mind that when we're eating maintenance calories or we're building more flexibility in that our body is going to change. Um, So having the pictures to be able to be like, okay, this scale might be up a couple pounds because you literally have more food in your belly. Um, But our body composition isn't changing that much, or maybe we're even still seeing changes in muscle mass. Mm -hmm. That can be really helpful to kind of talk, talk ourselves off of some ledges (laughs) in those phases and stay the course. Um, when we're kind of feeling like we're in that la la lander maintenance phase. Yes. Um, Very good point. One other thing I wanted to mention about pictures, uh, I tend to give my clients the option, um, on pictures because not everyone's super comfortable with taking pictures Mm -hmm. and sharing them with someone. So we always give that option. Um, but also even like two times a month, pictures can still be helpful. Cause like Nicholas said, it's not going to change week to week. So if taking pictures is triggering for you in some capacity or uncomfortable for you, you don't need to take them as often, but we still recommend taking them. Um, even if you're working with a coach, even if you don't share them with your coach, it could be helpful to still have them. Right. Um, obviously there's different comfort levels there. Um, but yeah, those are 
I would say out of all of the body composition metrics, that would be the one that we kind of lean on the most. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and especially helpful for, like Sarah said, breaking out of that idea that in order to like see improvements in how we feel about our body, we have to see the scale weight go down. Cause I do have a lot of clients who maybe were in a fat loss phase, but for whatever reason, right now, the scale isn't actually moving um, or not moving to the extent that they thought. But when we can look at pictures, we can reinforce that like, okay, okay, okay. It's fine that the scale's not moving. Um, we're seeing body composition body changes and that can be a nice reinforcement, but like, Hey, we're actually building muscle right now. That's fantastic yeah. because that yeah. is harder to achieve in a deficit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the other two kind of metrics that we'll look at that are more body composition focus are going to be scale weight and measurements. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So with body weight, I think the most important thing with body weight is to have multiple data points with, within the week. Mm -hmm. because our weight is going to fluctuate day to day. Um, I fluctuate usually a couple pounds. One week I fluctuated seven pounds. Yeah. That happened like a couple of years ago when I did uh, this weightlifting thing. And so if we only have one data point per week and one week we're measuring on the day that happens to be the lowest. And then the next week we're measuring on the day that happens to be the highest that can cause a little freak out mentally. Um, but it's not actually indicative of what is the average, um, and what the true trend is. So we typically have our clients weigh themselves every single day as again, as long as they feel comfortable with that. And we take the average weight throughout the week. And that's what we're looking at when we are tracking week to week and looking at the progress there. Mm -hmm. Also important yeah. to note too, like things that I might kind of point out is like, okay, overall, you know, the average is staying the same, but we've hit some new lows. If yeah. we're in a weight loss phase, that could be a good indicator or, Hey, maybe the scale's up. But when I look a month back and compare this week in your cycle to this week in your current cycle, we're actually lower than we were a month ago, even though right. we're higher than the previous week. Yeah. So being aware that a, so the scale is naturally and normally fluctuating day to day. And that's primarily a result of uh, different levels of water retention. Um, and B, as females at least, or menstruating folks, the like weights aren't going to be consistent week to week. And instead we need to be mindful of where we're at in our cycle when we're comparing that longer term data. Yeah, same with pictures, mm -hmm. same with pictures. Yeah. Um, one other thing about weight is we want to be mindful of being consistent of when we're weighing ourselves. And really the only most accurate time to do it is going to be first thing in the morning after you've gone to the bathroom with no clothes on, because if we drink our coffee or we drink water, or we do it later in the day after we've eaten or gotten a workout in, there's so many things that are going to affect that water retention piece, um, and inflammation that could kind of skew what's actually happening. Um, so try to keep that consistent day to day when you are weighing and don't step on the scale at night. It just like, <laughs> unless you're helpful. like, wow, I wonder, I'm so curious about like yeah. the, the difference. Yeah. Um, I had a conversation recently with a client about how, like when they get a good night's sleep and they're able to have like a morning poop and they weigh themselves after that, the scale is always lower than if they like worked a longer shift or had to get up really early yeah. and couldn't have a bowel movement before they weighed themselves. Right. Yeah. And like, that's really helpful to have in your notes too. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm weighing myself at the same time every day, but like I haven't pooped in two days. Like, yeah, 
okay, you're literally just full of shit. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to be mindful that that's not impacting like how we're viewing things. Yeah, um, that's going to obviously show up on the scale. Yeah. And so like the client and I talked about like, have you ever weighed yourself before and after a poop? It can yeah. be mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> Even a pee sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. If you have like a super accurate scale. So always keeping those things in mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. maybe the last piece there um, is a conversation I do have with clients who are maybe coming from a background where they've been a little cautious or even fearful of the scale. And now we're using it as a metric and moving into that, like, how can I see it as data versus like my worth mm-hmm. is just like doing a quick self-assessment in the morning and like seeing what headspace you're in and deciding like, Hey, if I step on that scale and I see a higher number, is it going to change my actions, how I eat, how I treat myself during the day? Or can I step on the scale and be totally fine with whatever number I see? Um, and share that kind of stuff with your coach or keep that in mind. If you're kind of going through this coaching process for yourself, um, cause that can be really important to keep tabs on like the mental and emotional side of things too. For sure. Okay. And then the last little piece is going to be, um, measurements. So in seasons, the software we use, we have our clients do measurements. Um, I don't know which ones you use. I only use three. Yeah. Generally like chest, waist and hips. Hips. Yeah. Um, but there are certain people who are like, say trying to gain muscle, like if they've, I'll use myself as an example, I would have love to have been like measuring my bicep growth right yeah (laughs) so like there are the abilities to do like total shoulder width legs like quads glutes waist at various places so like there is the option to do more but for most people that's kind of unnecessary Mm -hmm. and we're going to see those changes in the pictures Mm -hmm. so yeah having some measurements and remembering with measurements especially if we're doing them on ourselves there can be a margin of error there too so Mm -hmm. like all of these we're not living and dying by these things it's one Mm -hmm. piece in like the toolbox right um but same thing with weight, trying to do your measurements first thing in the morning, wear the same clothes or bathing suit or underwear or get naked, um, make sure there's not shit in the way um, and trying to be consistent with that, usually using the same measuring tape, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the other thing that some of our clients do, we have this at the gym too, um, is doing like body composition scans. So whether it's like DEXA, which is not readily available to most people, Um, but like the in-body scans and stuff like that can be another measure again, heavily influenced by so many things. And usually we're not going into those establishments that have those things first thing in the morning, right after we took shit, right. We're going like day, you know, and if you're going like three months, every three months, is it the same week of your cycle? That's going to make a huge difference. So with everything, when we're assessing on our end, we're taking everything with a grain of salt and more than likely, um, I know I can think of like the exact conversation I had with a client who sent me a panicked, like, here's my in-body scans. According to this, I've gained fat and lost a bunch of muscle. And it's like, okay, but like, let's assess a few things. And also is this, like Sarah said, a live or die situation? Do we need to adjust everything we're doing because of this? Or are there maybe a few things we need to take into consideration? Mm -hmm. Also, those aren't super accurate in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just kind of like a test and retest tool um, and just one tool. I think at the gym too, people get like, so also we have one at the gym and I've had clients who have done ours 
and then gone and done one at another facility with a different type of machine and it's totally different mm-hmm. right yeah, so the calibration is important there yeah yeah so but those all of those can be helpful whether our goals are fat loss or um muscle gain performance that kind of stuff and potentially even if our goals are just health related too mm-hmm. again though i would say like recognize That's why priority. you're doing it um and don't attach your like hopes and dreams to them because Absolutely. again like you're doing it even less frequently it's not like you know if we take our weight and we're unhappy with it maybe that changes how we perceive ourselves for a day if we're only doing these like once every 3 months and we're like putting all our marbles into that then like we're probably going to feel pretty shitty for an extended period of time so like be mindful yeah. Like what, how are you going to feel if the results aren't what you want? Mm -hmm. Okay. Next thing on our list was, um, looking at our overall consistency. Um, and we're going to speak about that today with macros specifically, um, because most of our clients track macros. So a really great indicator of progress could be finding more consistency with hitting our macros with the um, practice of tracking, all of that kind of stuff, right? And so in the software we use, we get a nice graph every week that shows us how much over, how much under you were each day. It shows us your average throughout the week. Um, And that gives us a really good uh, gauge on your consistency, right? So we might see, okay, averages are on par within, you know, that 10, five to 10 gram range of your macro targets. But we're having huge swings day to day where one day we're super high over one day we're super low under maybe then we're going to say okay let's work on like being more consistent day to day your averages are great but those like fluctuations day to day are going to affect things like your energy your performance etc mm-hmm. um so it's really nice to be able to kind of see the week to week views instead of just focusing day to day on whether you're hitting your macros or not Mm -hmm. And looking like bigger picture for people who aren't tracking macros, consistency can look like things like how many days out of the week did you like follow through with the bedtime routine that makes you feel the best? Or how often did you get up and do like the few things you like to, to really start your day? How often did you like drink a certain amount of water? Um, How often did you eat vegetables with every meal? How often did you feel like you got good doses of protein? Like, so there's various ways to look at consistency. Um, and again, like we've talked about in another podcast, consistency can, it doesn't mean being exactly the same every day. It's just like a, a marker of how, um, to use that pendulum analogy, we're not swinging to polar ends of the spectrum where we're all or nothing. Consistency is just like the process of slowly getting closer to that middle ground. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, okay. Anything else there? We move on to the next one. I think next one. Okay. Um, so another one we had was the menstrual cycle. Um, so we've touched on this a little bit. Menstrual cycle is really important when we are also using metrics of body composition, um, because it's going to ebb and flow throughout our cycle based on water retention, inflammation, bloating, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but other things we'll want to notice when we are, looking at the menstrual cycle is how our hunger fluctuates through it, how our mood fluctuates through it. I know for myself and so many of my clients, um, on certain weeks of my cycle, even if all my other metrics are on point, I'm checking in and I'm like 
fuck this shit. Like <laughs> I suck. My body sucks. Everything sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to see like, okay, that is like a consistent month to month and it's happening at this time allows us mentally to take the pressure off of, you know, thinking it's like a personal fault. Um, and also it allows us to see where we can set up other supports in our, in our, throughout our cycle. So maybe that looks like not using certain metrics, the time of the month where you're like, so down on yourself, or maybe that looks like changing up our workout slightly or adding some extra carbs or something like that. Tracking the way that your mindset, your body, um, composition and your just like overall, how you're feeling, um, in the gym and about yourself throughout your cycle can be so, so helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That self-awareness piece. I think when we talk about that, we're like the menstrual cycle is a big one. We're having the self-awareness can really help talk ourselves off ledges. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> and can help your coach too, right? Can uh-huh. help your coach talk you off a ledge because you might not even notice it. Right? Yeah. Like how often do you get a check-in where it's like, things are terrible. I feel horrible. I'm so hungry. I'm so tired. And then you'd get a next, uh, message the next day. And it's like, oh, I got my period. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Th- things make sense again. Yeah. yeah. Um, tracking your cycle is also going to be really important in, um, like a health phase. Well, mm-hmm. in all the phases, right? So we're not only tracking how things are like shifting throughout our cycle, but we're also tracking to make sure that we have like a healthy cycle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it regular? Is it happening every, you know, 26 to 34 days? Is it the same length every time is like how heavy it is? Is that a good, um, is that in a good spot, right? If you're someone who's coming off birth control, you definitely want to track. Um, if you're someone who wants to become pregnant, tracking it mm-hmm. can be really helpful. Um, so we're also looking at the health of our cycle and not just how crazy it does or doesn't make us throughout the month. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, relationship with food? Yeah. Okay, so this would be one, I think, well people in diet phases um we'll talk about this for sure but i think this one for me at least stands out as something we would highlight and maybe keep tabs on in more of like a health phase or for someone who's coming from kind of a history of like yo-yo dieting um heavy restriction all or nothing mentality viewing foods as good or bad um things like that um so when we're talking about how we might track that it might be for some people like actually the process of macro tracking and recognizing that I don't have to eliminate certain foods and I can still get to X or Y goal has been really helpful and watching like how they're speaking about food, how they're talking about navigating social situations, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, For other people, it'll be like, Hey, I went to a friend's house for dinner and like didn't overly snack because I knew like none of those foods were the last time I'd ever have it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They weren't off limits. And on the flip side, it's like for other people, it might be like, hey, I purposely said no to something because I didn't really feel like I needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one's less like black and white in terms of like actually tracking it, like our menstrual cycle, we're either bleeding or not, or, you know, those things. Yeah, the like data points aren't really there. <laughs> yeah. It's more a reflective process. So if you're working with a coach and the way that we see this in our clients is just through the conversations, through our check-ins and our day-to-day conversations and the way that they're talking about food, the way that they're talking about how they went into these social, social situations and stuff like that. 
if you don't have a coach, it might be helpful to have a little bit of like a journal or a reflection process on like, maybe it's once a week and you're saying like, okay, overall, how did I feel about food in my body this week? Um, and you can kind of look at the things that came up um, or as they're coming up, you can kind of jot them down and that can kind of give you a bigger picture um, onto what that is looking like and where you may or may not need um, to give yourself a little bit of extra love there. Mm -hmm. And I don't, we didn't write this one down as a metric, but similar to relationship with food, we could talk like relationship to body and self Mm -hmm. Um, and like, how often are we getting trapped in like a bad body image day, making us like pivot and want to change our goals entirely, give up like a health phase in pursuit of weight loss, or just like derail mood and things like that, because you know, we weren't feeling as good in our bodies today as we were a previous day. So the way clients talk about that um, in terms of like themselves, their bodies, how they're feeling is definitely something we're keeping tabs on as well. Mm -hmm. That kind of segues into the next two that we had here, which was like our overall mood and vibe and our self-talk. So when we talk about this stuff, we're referring to, you know, our day-to-day life. How are we approaching our actual life outside of our nutrition and fitness? Um, but also what is our mindset or mood or vibe around the goals that we're working towards in the current process, you know? So sometimes we'll have phases where clients are fucking pumped every week. They're checking in and they're like, I feel so good. This is so much fun. I'm enjoying training, yada, yada, yada. And then other times there'll be periods of time where people are like, I fucking hate this. I don't want to track my macros. Training sucks you know? And so like, how is our mindset around the habits and the routines that we're working on, the habits and routines that are necessary for the goal that we're working on. And then that can then tell us like, do we need to pivot? Do we need to focus elsewhere? Um, again, kind of more of like a gray area, um, when it comes to actually tracking these things, but very important to be mindful of still. Mm -hmm. that self-talk piece stands out as like something um, that I've been having more maybe in-depth conversations with clients about and it's not necessarily like asking about their specific internal dialogue around things but it's more like you know if something unplanned happens how quickly are they able to reorient themselves and get back on track big quotes with like what they had planned for themselves how able are they to turn a day around and still see the value in what they did accomplish despite any obstacles um and so hearing through check-ins like their process of like this came up and I was proud of myself for doing this versus this came up and it was like fuck it and I just feel so shitty about like the way I handled it um starting to notice either like trends and how clients do navigate obstacles how quickly they bounce back and how they talk about the experience can be really indicative of like what maybe their self-talk is like where their motivation might be at um and kind of like where we might need to give some extra love mm-hmm. yeah 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 anything else on that one I'm sure there's lots like we could talk about yeah. that one forever but I think I think that suffices for now we also did a full epi on self-talk. Yeah, not too long ago that one. Yeah, yeah. So that was a good one. We got lots of good feedback on that one. Nicola's got some rogue hairs going on. Yeah, something's <laughs> happening. 
Um, okay. Well, next one is performance. We almost forgot to put this on the list, which is, yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, This is a big one. This is a good one. Yeah. Performance, obviously important. If we are working towards performance-based goals, right. We're going to be looking at, are we hitting good percentages? Are we hitting PRs in the gym? Are we feeling generally strong? Are we recovering well between sessions? All of that kind of stuff. Um, clearly important if that's our outcome goal. Um, but we're also going to look at performance when people are in a fat loss phase, mm-hmm. um, because that is performance decreases. Generally, we are going to see some in some capacity. Um, I think we both personally didn't have that experience in our last fat loss phase. And we have a lot of clients who haven't had it, but uh, I would say not yet. Yeah. This has been happening to me as of this week, which is oh, horrible. Has it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So not uncommon, but if it is significantly decreasing and we have a physical decrease in performance and our mentality around Mm -hmm. our exercise is in a shit place, that is one of the signs that we're looking at in terms of, do we need a diet break? Do we need to come out of this deficit? Or like a refeed. A refeed, yeah. Or for some people right now, it's like, do we need to switch up the modality that we're using for our fitness? Because it's become less of a source of joy and excitement and like self-efficacy and more of like a, I always feel inadequate. Yeah. Yeah. I had one of the girls at the gym came in the other day and I was like, I haven't seen you for a while. And she was like, oh, I just haven't been feeling like the hard workouts lately at CrossFit. And I was like, just do some bicep curls. It always makes you feel better. <laughs> really, just go you get know? a pump on. Yeah. Brightens everybody's spirits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so looking at like not only how you're like physically performing. So for most of our clients, it's really helpful when they're looking at their workouts, tracking their workouts, um, being mindful of like PRs or um rating their like how did they feel flat going into the workout versus like did they feel really excited are they starting to use and like rely on pre-workout to get them going um is soreness like getting out of hand are they feeling fresh for workouts like there's so many pieces to that that we're looking at um from like more of a physical physiological standpoint but then also just like how mentally they're enjoying it yeah. is it a slog is it now hard to even get to the gym Um, those pieces are really important to look at and depending on what's coming up, will maybe elicit like different types of adjustments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, the last one that we had on this list, so this starts to kind of creep out of our scope Mm -hmm. quite a bit. Um, but it is something that lots of people have access to and that we've looked at with clients before is going to be certain health metrics. So that's, we're talking like things like blood work hormone panels, that kind of stuff. Um, we don't administer those. Our clients Nor do go, we analyze them. Yeah. Our clients will go elsewhere. They'll get the work done. They will have the conversation with their, you know, physician or their naturopath or whatever. Um, and then they will translate that information to us and we can help support them in the re- recommendations that they got from their, uh, whoever administered it. Um, so I think the biggest things we see there is issue thyroid issues, cortisol issues, um, and like sex hormone. Cholesterol yeah. has been one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sex hormone um, levels. So as coaches, knowing that 
like I said, we don't, or like Nicholas said, we don't look at the blood work ourselves and analyze it and say, this is an issue. Um, that's out of our scope. And if you're working with a coach, it's probably out of their scope too. Um, so just keep that in mind, unless they're a registered dietitian, but, um, there are so many nutrition and exercise, uh, adjustments that we can make to help support those different conditions or those different fluctuations that are happening. Um, and so that in itself will probably direct our focus onto certain metrics as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So it's a loose one. It's one that kind of like ebbs and flows depending on the client. Um, but I mean, all in all, I think like what we hoped you as a listener take out of this is like, A, there's so many things you can look at um, and B, the more you're kind of able to integrate some of these, the better idea you're going to have of like your overall functioning Mm -hmm. um, and make adjustments when things are shitty and really like capitalize on or do more of the things that make you feel your best. Yeah. The more that you're able to look at multiple metrics, the more it just allows you to zoom out and see the bigger picture, Mm -hmm. um, which is so important regardless of what type of goal you're chasing, um, because we can easily pigeonhole ourselves into like thinking one thing is more important than the other. Um, and that's definitely not the case. They're all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Any last thoughts? Just that we have a wonderful biofeedback tracker that Nicholas slaved over. Um, it's an Excel document. Um, and it's a free download. I will link it in the show notes. So if you are someone who's interested in starting to track this stuff for yourself, you can download, you can make a copy for yourself. No one else can see it. You just make your own copy. I think some people like don't understand how Google sheets work and they're like, oh my God, can someone else see this? Um, when you make a copy, it is yours. You can edit it. You can add in certain metrics. You can take out certain metrics, but it's really nice. And it's all laid out beautifully. Um, so it can be a great way if you are not working with a coach to kind of keep tabs on things yourself. So that's in the show notes. If you want to download it, I actually think there's a mistake in it that I should remind myself to fix. Oh, what is it? Uh, just like, um, formatting, a, a formatting, like equation mm-hmm. thing that I have in wrong. So oh. if you've downloaded it prior, it may say when you rate your stress as low, it's like red. I think it's like a conditional oh, formatting thing. Right. Um, so I'll go in and look at that. Okay. Cool. I think that's yeah. it for today. Yeah. Do we have a fuck yes, fuck no? We forgot about those last time. Did we? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I was. That might have been the first time we never did it. I know. Should we do that's two sad. each this time? Oh God. That's asking a lot. <laughs> um, okay. 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 My fuck yes. And this comes as a shock to myself that I'm saying this but like ocean dips are so good you've been on that train yeah there's they're hard while they're get actually it's shocking how much easier they get when you're doing them consistently yeah um like the first time I was like literally like about to back out yeah um but last night we went for five minutes and it was like maybe the coldest that it's been outside yeah we still did for five minutes um it helps when you have someone else to go with that's for sure for sure myself is definitely more challenging yeah but man you feel so good after and like I've been sleeping like a fucking baby mind you I usually sleep really good but yeah and you get like that nice like sunset so it's gorgeous yeah but you also get that really nice like yellow blue light that helps us kind of transition into sleepy time 
same. Yeah. So yeah, that's a 12 out of 10 for me right now. Yeah. We'll see what happens in the fall when it gets cold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We did one in like the middle of winter. Like it was still so snowy on the ground and it was fucking freezing and it took so long to warm up after. Did it? Gosh, it feels so good. Yeah. The thing right now is like when you come out, you're like not cold. Like it's cold in there and you think you're going to be freezing when you get out. But honestly, like you there's like this weird like hot feeling almost it's very interesting um but then I'm like well fuck we're doing it in the ocean so I'm like covered in like sand and seaweed and stuff and then I come home and I have a hot shower I'm like am I ruining it I don't know how that works um but I don't know about that but I do know that you want to try to keep your cold exposure away from your workout Mm -hmm. because it can inhibit muscle adaptation um but that's like I haven't read enough about it to know anything other than that yeah but maybe have like a lukewarm shower yeah maybe but a hot shower probably helps with sleep too the negative is like rue comes home covered in sand and there's nothing worse than getting into a sandy bed oh my god i hate it so yeah i'm pretty high maintenance about that that is a fuck no yeah yeah um okay i have a fuck yes that's also a fuck no okay Okay, so when we first got Molly, we told ourselves that we weren't going to let her on the furniture. Oh, God. (laughs) But then we were like, fuck, she's so cute and we just want to cuddle. So we started letting her on the furniture, but we're trying to teach her that she's only allowed up when she's invited. Yeah. Which works pretty well on the couch downstairs, but she outgrew her crate and we haven't got her a new crate yet. So she's Mm -hmm. just been sleeping on her bed in our room. Yeah, good luck getting that one back under control. (laughs) So she... In the mornings, she wakes up and she jumps onto the bed and she like walks on top of Brad's head. Like she automatically goes over to Brad's side of the bed, grabs his sock off the floor, jumps up and like walks all over his face, which is hilarious. It's like very cute, but also so annoying. Yeah. But then she like cuddles in the bed with us in the morning and it's like the cutest thing ever. It's like, yeah, yeah. Show me a better way to start the day. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But she'll like do it at like 5 30 sometimes and then I take mm-hmm. her out and then I try to get her back to sleep but then she'll wake up again at like 6 15 or whatever and I'm like I'm not I don't want to get up yet but like yeah. she's jumping on the bed you know I mean I will say that'll get better like Rue is now like very happy to eat pee and come back to bed and I sleep for as sleep. long as I want yeah. or she'll go get one of her toys she just got a new toy that our friend that. gave to us baby dog yeah so cute <laughs> so cute so she'll bring that back into bed and like fuck around with it and then fall asleep with it yeah 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 that's very cute well okay we got him that's it that's it okay we'll see you guys in another month maybe in august (laughs) catch you later (laughs) good summer (laughs) uh yeah thanks for tuning in bye-bye bye